this sermon's purpose is to draw a grieving church, as we have already, but to continue to draw us to look up and worship. Worship in a season of shock and sorrow over the sudden death of our much-loved pastor, Larry Malamut. Now, I have to make it clear, this is not a funeral sermon. That will come at another time. God calls us in this moment, at this time, as we do every week, to look up to Him and worship as we worship in every season of our lives. Now, before I begin, I must say that Larry may not approve of the changes we made for today. (laughs) And I want to tell you why. A few months ago, after his dad died, it took Devin and me. Larry was to preach a few days after his dad died, and Larry insisted that he would preach. And it took Devin and me some time to convince him that the church needed to know of his loss before we gathered for worship. And he argued with us and said that that would be a distraction and unnecessarily draw attention to himself. If that's not a picture of the man, there you have it. He seemed to be oblivious to how much we loved him. He wanted to close the service and then make a brief announcement of his loss. And I can hear him, I can hear his voice right now arguing that we should only let people know that he went to be with the Lord after we worship today. But I think, no, I know, I know he is pleased to know that our attention is on the Lord the Lord that Larry so faithfully led us to follow. The Lord that Larry has now followed into eternity with his Savior. So let's turn now to him. Psalm 23, if you would open your Bibles. We need to look at these words while I read them as God will then seal them to our hearts. Lord, as we have prayed numerous times throughout this service, we pray again that in this time of grief and confusion, you would center us. You would center our grieving hearts and our bewildered thoughts on you. So please now, Come, Spirit of God, and help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Psalm 23. These are God's words. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If all we had of this psalm were verses 1 through 3, it would be a rather sentimental poem. Like those pictures they hung on the wall of my Sunday school class as a boy. Lush grass bordering a refreshing stream, the best food and drink a sheep could ask for. And beyond that, this shepherd sees to it that we are not troubled in heart, He restores my soul. The grief, tension, anxiety, turmoil that this world brings all melts away when we draw near to Him as He provides us with everything we need. And then, when it's time to move, He leads us down paths of righteousness. He never leads us into sin or despair or harmful desires. All his ways are good. And he does it motivated by his own glory. He does it for his name's sake, which is a constant theme in the Bible. God stakes his reputation on his care for us. But even in this idyllic opening, Something hints that there's more to this picture. Why does it say in this perfect setting, He restores my soul? Restores it from what? From pain and sorrow, from trial and exhaustion over too much work, from anxiety over possible future threats. The key word in verses 1 through 3 is my. I have a good shepherd who personally provides for me and personally leads me down the paths of this life. Then we move to verse 4. Verse 4 is the centerpiece of the psalm and the main point of the psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here we have the valley of the shadow of death. 
Some translators soften the metaphor and call it the valley of deep darkness. In darkness, there is always the unknown. In darkness, we cannot see what is around us and we cannot see what is ahead. On this dark path, as I follow the shepherd, the lights sometimes go out and I cannot see. And where does my mind turn to? In those times, it turns to death. Am I going to die here? All our fears eventually find their way to our last enemy. Is there a greater evil than death? In the crushing fear I felt yesterday as I watched strong men carry my friend down his townhouse steps, I kept quoting this verse to myself. We are walking in the valley of the shadow of death. I desperately wanted Larry to live. Oh God, I cried, please let him live. And the only thing that kept me from disintegrating into trembling terror was verse 4, which was in my mind. We're walking through this valley, and yet you are with me. You are with us. You are with Larry. You're with Marilyn. You're with all of us in this moment. You are here. It's too dark to see you. But I know that somehow... In this darkness, you are here. We don't like being sheep. I don't like being a sheep. And you want to know why? We just have all kinds of questions we want answered. Like sheep, we want to know, why is the pasture drying up? Why are there wolves lurking in the darkness? Why are you taking us down this unfamiliar path? Why do good men die when they play such a key role in your work in the world? And this is what God says. I am your shepherd. You are with me. And that's enough. If you are a sheep, you don't get to plan. You simply follow your shepherd. We want our lives to be mapped out. Got a career plan, education plan for the children, financial plan for when we're old. And the Bible commends the wisdom of planning. But the Bible also says in so many words that you can plan, but you cannot predict. And when God brings about radical and unexpected change in our lives, we must turn to Him. Not a plan for how we're going to get ourselves out of this dark valley. We simply need to know you are with me. This is what he says. I am your shepherd. You are with me. And you are with me because 
I am your shepherd. I chose you for my flock. I'm leading you down this path. And I will lead you out of this dark valley. The promise of comfort at the end of verse 4 is foreign to us and seems rather strange. Uh, Most of us do not have rods and stabs in our workshops. Uh, How is it that the shepherd's rod and staff would comfort me? The rod was the shepherd's weapon. It was a club to crush the skull of attacking wolves. The staff was a tool used to count and name. The shepherd had to know that each of his sheep were with him and he would touch them with his staff as he said their names. He would use the staff to funnel the herd down the right path and guide them in the right way. And he used the staff to pull them out of places where they got stuck. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like my life. Sin, death, and the devil cannot conquer us. Our shepherd is with us, and he will beat back all our foes so we can continue on the path marked out for us. This is our comfort when life seems overwhelming. And if you're a sheep, life is regularly overwhelming. It's beyond us. Especially if your path is so dark you can't even see the shepherd leading behind you. Listen, life is just overwhelming. It's overwhelming Period. We live in illusions of safety and security. Our comfort cannot rest in medical care or friends or law enforcement or a big bank account and paid up insurance policies. Our comfort rests in a shepherd who carries a weapon that crushes all that threatens us. And he guides us with his staff and rescues us when we are in a difficult place. The final section of this psalm, verses 5 and 6, moves out of a lush meadow and then a dark path to a setting that is not for sheep, but for people. Let's look at it again. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here we have a banquet table. Someone's planned a party for us with cups overflowing with the best wine. The anointing of a head with oil was a practice of the ancients as they had no shampoo and cream rinse. The oil would make your head and scalp feel refreshed and would make your hair glisten in the joy of the meal. And so now the shepherd has become our host and he has invited us 
to his table. This is a feast that anticipates the feast of Isaiah 25. Let me read to you of another feast. Isaiah writes, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. See, it's not all about hardship walking with the Lord Jesus. The path gets dark, but there's always the promise and the hope of a time when we can sit down and feast. The setting of the feast provided by the shepherd seems strange. He calls us to enjoy his bounty in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of those who call us to sin and to despair, in the presence of the devil who prowls around like a lion seeking to devour us, in the presence of that final enemy, death. This life can be a bewildering mixture of trouble and rescue, pain and comfort, loss and provision. In our bewilderment, we must look to our shepherd to lead us. He leads us to lush meadows and refreshing waters. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads us through dark valleys. He feeds us, not just to keep us alive, but to let us rejoice and be refreshed and restored. And we can do this even when we are aware that enemies lurk outside the door of his banquet. And that's because through it all, through it all, this is the message of the psalm, through it all, we have him with us. We may not always be able to see him, but we can always hear his voice. He is with us. He is leading us. He is protecting us. He is pulling us out of trouble. He stakes his reputation on keeping us on the right path. We can be sure of his presence and his care even in crushing darkness. His care is characterized by as goodness and mercy in verse 6. Things may be bad and we may be full of sorrow, but goodness and mercy inevitably follow. Actually, follow, the translation we have, follow, is really not quite right. The sense of the word is to follow, to pursue. His goodness and mercy pursue us. They are actively following after us, catching up to us in our danger and pain. And because of this, the psalmist can finally say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To be a member of his household is to be a member of his family. He 
counts you and me, he counts us as sons. To be God's guest, Derek Kidner writes, is to be more than an acquaintance invited for a day. It is to live with him. And so the psalmist can finally say, I will dwell in his house forever. The final word of the psalm moves us from all our concerns on this earth to eternity forever. He will always be with me. He will always guide me. He will always protect me and provide for me. Not simply until the day I die, but into eternity. I only read to you the first line of God's promise of a feast in Isaiah 25, and I want to read it again, and then I want to read what follows. Because what follows takes us from the end of this psalm into a heightened awareness of something that God has in store for us that we, including Larry, are waiting for. Larry with his Lord, us without him, without Larry, but with the Lord. Let me read. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations, that veil that keeps them from seeing the glory of God. And he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For, because, here's why, the Lord has spoken. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. We are gathered here together. And as we grieve, we're restored. It's a strange experience to walk through a time like this. And you never get used to it. There is a sorrow and there is a hopeful anticipation. And God's will is that all of us, all of us live in both. It is right and appropriate that we should weep. And it is right and appropriate that we should look up in hope. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, lead us into paths of righteousness as a church. For there is much in the realm of unknown ahead. Lead us individually for all of us even in yesterday's loss, we connect this with many other losses, perplexities, difficulties, and confusions. Meet with each one of us individually and help us, O Lord. Help us and restore us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.